Ollie. Hey, Costa. How's it going? Good, mate. Good, mate. Glad to have you back. Mate, you had some of my favorite humans uh, on the show um, the last couple of weeks, particularly uh, Mr. James Poulos and, and Beaver, and they were fantastic, much better than me. So I think I think they might they might uh, earn a place in the rotation. What do you reckon? Oh yeah, they were great. I mean, they were much better than me too. So maybe they should just do a podcast with each other. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a good idea. Um, <laughs> No, I am very happy to have you back. Mm-hmm. How have you been going? You had an absolute blinder in week one, right? I did. So so um, I was coming 125th after week one after scoring uh, some, somewhere in the 1420s or something like that. Uh, and I thought I was really well set up. I didn't really have any uh, trades planned for week two until uh, Brian Kelly broke his hand and then I had to trade him. And I was tossing up whether to go with a Jairo or uh, Joe O or Satili. But after the Sirenon injury, and it was clear that Davey would be locked down in that 80-minute edge position, I went Andrew Davey, and that went well. Yeah, that sucks. That's brutal when you get a good start and then you cop an injury like that. So, yeah, so that happened. And then... uh, Last week, I traded Andrew Davy to Ryan James, so and played and played him. So, so I've played Davy and James uh, the last two weeks. So that's really affected my score. Um, and yeah, so I've 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 dropped I've dropped a fair bit. So what's your ranking now? Uh, Two eight oh four. Okay, and what's your total score? Three six four eight. Three six four eight. Okay, so so yeah. I'm coming. 1,000th, or like oh, yeah. just outside 1,013th, and my total score is 3721. Mm-hmm. So what's that? Right. About 70 points ahead of you. Yep. At 3648, yeah, okay. So yep. 70 points between 1,000 and 3,000 odd. Mm-hmm. So you're not too far behind. Yeah, I started really well too, and last week was not great for me. I actually, so I did the Ben Hunt trade. Mm-hmm. So I traded little to Ben Hunt, who they basically ended up scoring more or less the same. But what it meant was I actually yep. avoided Ryan James because I would have done Ryan yep. James had I not done Ben Hunt. Um, so I probably did score about 40 more points than I would have if I'd done the James trade. So I can't complain too much. But would you have played him? I would have played James, yeah. And I would have copped an AE as well. Yeah, right. Look, I think, uh, yeah, I... I'm I'm not, I'm not so cut that that I got him into my team. I'm more cut that I that I played him. I think I think I'm happy with him hanging around in my team for a while now, and he'll just have to make it make his money from from scratch again. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, Ben Hunt reminds me of that uh, that Blue Juice song. Which one? Walking uh, around um... on broken leg. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he, he broke his leg in the eighth minute and played the rest of the game. Yeah, yeah pretty pretty. Uh... Pretty brave effort. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I dropped a bit, I think, because basically my team is stacked full of Panthers and Roosters and they both had tough games over the weekend. Yep. So I'm hoping that I have a bit of a rebound this, this week and go back up the, the rankings a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have one big thing to talk about this week uh, and, it, mm-hmm. and it is a great example of something that we talk about a lot. And I'm really keen to get into this and, and see what you think because I think we're going to disagree 
so I'll preface this conversation by just saying we probably have the best cheapie that's appeared uh, in this season so far in Josh Schuster. Right? Agreed. So yep. just to lay that out a bit, uh, Josh Schuster, he's, he's a 5 8 only. He's about 200K. I think he's 203K. He scored 90 on the weekend, so he has a break-even of like minus 50-something, minus 55, I think it is. Uh, mm-hmm. He looks like he's locked down for 80-minute uh, edge spot. Uh, mm-hmm. He's got decent base. He's, his base has been around the 40 to 45 mark in the in the two games he's played big minutes on the edge. So you can you can lock yep. him in, in your 17 for at least 45 to 50 each week. Plus, he's got that yep. good ball-playing game because he's – you know he's at half, um, and so you think there's some attacking stats on the on the horizon for him as well, and his security looks okay at least in the near term, given uh, Curtis Sirinan's out for a little while. Sure, yeah, a few weeks at least. Yep, a few weeks at least. Yeah. So on the face of it, like absolute no brainer, right? Get him in, great cheapy. A lot of people have a Ben Hunt or a someone like that that they can trade down. Okay, so here's my question to you. Yep. His break even, his negative break even is actually only a couple of points different from what Ryan James's was last week. Uh, yes, he's thirty thousand dollars cheaper, but he's fixed to one difficult position in five eighth. Um, you don't really want to clog that position up. Whereas Ryan James was available in both the second row and the front row as a dual position player. Why is he much more valuable to you than James was last week? Well, he has a better score in his rolling average. He has that 90. So his, his break-even, sorry, so I was wrong. His break-even is actually minus 65. So his break-even is about nearly 20 better than Ryan James's. But I think okay. that Ryan James overperformed in his two two first games, and I think that he was going to score 40s going forward, which meant because those two scores were only going to hang around for a couple, for a week or two, once he went back to his 40s, yep. he was gonna, his price mm-hmm. was going to plateau quite a bit. So he's going to make, yeah, sure, 100, 120, 150K, um, but after the first couple of initial price rises, he's, he's, he's going to plateau. And also, 40s is probably not really enough to to be in your 17 from week to week. Whereas Schuster, I think, I think you can bank probably on more like a 55 average. Uh, that makes him playable week to week. That means he's going to make more money. He's actually cheaper to start with. I take the point about the, the not dual position and the clogged position, and we'll get to that in a minute. But just on sheer money-making potential and playability, he's way better than James for me. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, let's continue. But before we say that, can I just say, just as an aside, if people are looking to get money-making guys in who do have a break-even higher than negative or lower than negative 50 or less than negative 50, or you know what I'm saying, right? A very big negative break-even. No, 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 no. A smaller... So if someone has like a negative 30 break even, avoid him. That's what I'm getting at. There's a, there's a lot of people that talk about trading this, some of these guys who have like minus 20 break evens and then they just, that break even just evaporates in no time. I think if players have a break... Like for me, 50 is kind of like that comfort position where if a player's got a break even more than negative 50, i.e. minus 70 or something like that, you know your Bradman best from last year or something like that, trade those guys in. If they've got minus 30, minus 20 break-evens, skip them, wait for the next guy. Anyway, continue. Yeah, look, I tend to agree with that. But as I said just then, it depends on what you think their average is going to be going forward. Um, Absolutely. So if they're like a bench prop, in Ryan James's case, and you know they just happen to get a couple of attacking stats, which they're probably not going to get from week to week, 
then as you say, the price-wise is going to evaporate very quickly and you're only going to make 100K or something and it's not worth breaking your team to get them in. Um, yep. Schuster, maybe he is. But as you've said, he's in a clogged position. Now, if you looked at Schuster in isolation, as I said, he'd been an absolute no-brainer. But what we have this week is two guys in that position being Munster and Cody Walker who are mm-hmm. to, about to go on absolute runs of of uh, more in terms of draw. easy games, easy games, yep. and and those two guys could score very well. Particularly Cody Walker, that Bunnies team has played three pretty difficult games, so two games against top four teams and one game in the pouring rain, and he's still averaging what is he averaging? Seventy eight. Seventy eight. But is that any more impressive than than what Munster's done? It isn't. Like Munster has played the Bunnies, Para, and the Panthers. Yeah. Look, agree. Look, this is something I've been tossing over a lot this this week because, you know, they've both got good draws. Potentially, Munster is playing this week against the Broncos and he's playing up against the Broncos' right edge, which is the Milford, Tessie, Ricky side, which is the most paper-thin defensive side on, on in the comp at the moment. Mm-hmm. So you could definitely make an argument for Munster, but there's something about that Bunny's back line that I feel like if someone's going to go sort of 150 or 200, it's going to be Cody or Luttrell. Can I make the argument for Munster very quickly? Please, please. Okay. First of all, I'm going to preface this. This argument is a head-to-head argument. So with Kiri injured, Walker is probably likely to play Origin. So both Munster and Walker are going to miss the same amount of games. So no benefit to either that way. Yep. Munster's base and power is 45, whereas Walker's is 31. Munster's... Munsters is significantly higher. Yep. Munster has scored one try for a 72-point average over the first three rounds. Walker scored three for a 78-point average. Basically, the difference in their averages are just those two extra tries that Cody scored. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think I think Munster is really one of only two, two major focal points in that team, being him and Pappenhausen. Walker, the problem with Walker is I'm really worried about how often a stat will go to Latrell that should have gone to Walker or vice versa. And I think it's just going to be much more of a roller coaster with him. And as I said, he's, he does have that lower lower base and power as well. So so for me, the at being $40,000, $50,000 cheaper, I would take Munster over Walker playing head-to-head. Now, the only argument I think for Walker is that he has, I think, basically half the ownership that Monster does, 17% against 33%. So, yeah, if you're going overall, then I can I can understand the argument for Walker, but not head-to-head. And, again, if you're going over, overall, maybe Cody McGreen is your guy. Okay. So, hang on. There's a lot to get into there. Okay. So, the first thing is Walker's run is longer than Monster's in terms mm-hmm. of draw. So, Walker okay. has four pretty good games in a row, whereas Monster only yep. has two from memory. Walker has the Bulldogs, the Broncos, the Tigers, and the Titans. Four in a row. You mm-hmm. could argue the Titans maybe isn't that good these days, but certainly not terrible. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. But yeah, go on. Yep. The Storm have the same two games in reverse order, Broncos and Bulldogs. But then yep. they come up, come up against yep. the Roosters in the game after that. Um, mm-hmm. And they go back to the Warriors. And I actually think the Warriors are pretty decent this year. But anyway. The Warriors um, are wily. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't sleep on the Warriors. Yeah, I think Walker's, Walker's run is at least one game longer, but potentially okay. two. But maybe if you're getting them for yep. 
for the whole season, maybe that doesn't matter all that much. Mm-hmm. But yeah, look, I agree with everything you said. I am a little bit worried about Latrell taking his stats, but I just feel like if a team is going to put 50 on someone, it's going to be the Rabbits more so than the Storm. Okay. But you haven't answered my original question. What was your original question? The original question is this points versus cash question. Do you take Schuster or do you take a Walker or a Munster? Right. If, assuming that you already have one of those guys in your other 5-8 spot, and so you basically have to decide between... So let's say you've got Munster already, uh-huh. as a lot of people uh-huh. would do, and you're deciding yeah. whether or not to, to downgrade to a Schuster. Say you've got a Moylan or you've got a Little that you can use via a Watson or someone like that. Do you get Schuster mm-hmm. in or do you tra- trade Little up to Walker or basically Walker in this scenario? Yeah, okay. So you need somebody to trade down to make that happen because it's probably going to be a jump from your Moylans or your Littles or your Lambs or whoever whoever you're going. So you're going to need to free up... Three hundred, three hundred and fifty thousand dollars, or something like that, to make that jump happen. Yeah, and I don't think that's, and I don't think that's doable unless you trade down a gun. What about if you've got like a Jamal Fogarty? Right, which I do. So you could trade Fogarty down to Sam Walker, and yep. a little or a or a Moylan up. I think you'd probably get there. Maybe you might need for Moylan. You might need a little bit more cash in the bank than that. But let's say that's a scenario you could do. Yep. So, so okay. So, so this is my exact scenario, pretty much. I have Fogarty in the halves. I have Lockburn Lamb in five eighth, and I have I still have Little in hooker with Connor Watson in five eighth. So I can definitely trade trade Fogarty down to a Sam Walker or a, or a Sullivan or someone like that, and trade out li- Lamb probably. I don't even have to do Little. I'd say up to Walker or Munster. Am I going to do that? No. Fucking wait. And why I know not? you're going to disagree with me. No, why not? Okay. Okay. A uh, couple of reasons. If I do the Fogarty trade down this week, mm-hmm. I and let's say I do it to Walker, I trade in Walker basically sight unseen. I think yes. that's hugely risky. I've already been, yeah, I've already been bitten on the ass, you know, with the Davy thing this year as it is but I, I i'm not i'm not against trading a player in after one game but after zero games uh i don't know you could do sean o'sullivan if you were really worried about that i yeah i could do sean o'sullivan at least he has 70 points locked in but that's an extra 60 grand but, okay so you're more worried about the the early downgrade getting on like a walker or o'sullivan early okay yeah that's part of it okay so that's part of it the second part of it is I don't see the benefit. The benefit of missing Schuster is not there for me because the players that you're talking about, I don't think I would captain either of them anyway. And if that was a, if that was a consideration for me, then yeah, I'd think about it. But as it stands, I think there's good enough alternative captain options that I'll just wait and see on the, on Munster or Walker. I didn't explain that very well, but basically, what I'm getting at is. If you were getting one of those guys in to be your captain and they were the hands-down best option this week, maybe maybe you could talk me into doing Fogarty down to Sam Walker and Lamb up, even though I'd be, I'd be missing on the Schuster money. But I, th- I think there's just as good options anyway. I get, a, I get a look at what both of those guys are, are like against 
easy teams, and then I can take my pick next week. Yes, I missed one game. Uh, I think that's that's worth taking. I'm I'm comfortable with that, even though I only am carrying one NPR. You're carrying, I think, two now. You had three, and now you're down to two. Is that right? No, I'm still carrying three. You're carrying three NPRs, right? What's your yeah. What's your team value? Oh, I'd have to have a look. I've never checked. But yeah, sorry. So just on that. So if Schuster came along this week and there were no other cheapies on the horizon, I'd be very worried about not taking Schuster. But we've had a spate of injuries and there are a bunch of cheapies on the horizon. I mean, we've got two to choose from at halfback now over the next couple of weeks. So even if one goes down, you've probably got the other one. Mm-hmm. There was a guy named for the Cowboys this week, starting second row, who's like 186k. Ben Condon, he's he's not lasting past this week. So, so Wait, in, how do you know press, that? Because in his press conference on, on the weekend, the coach, what's his name? Who's North Queensland's coach? Todd Payton. Todd Payton, thank you. Todd Payton was asked about Tom Gilbert, and he seemed very, uh, he seemed to speak really positively of him. And he seemed to suggest that he'd be back next week. So I think that's okay. Tom Gilbert's position. Okay, maybe. Is Tom Gilbert cheap? No. No, it's 300 something. Okay. Even having said that, I think we've seen this week, I guess my position is that cheapies will come. Now, yeah, cheapies at the beginning of the season are, are worth more than cheapies later on in the season. There's a time value of money element that we talked about before. Generating cash early in the season is really important. But at the same time, I don't know if you're going to get runs like South's run that is just about to come up very often before a lot of people are going to get the chance to get those guns, right? So later in the season, everyone's going to have Cody Walker. Probably they'll have Cody Walker and Munster there. Right now they don't. So there is this real opportunity cost of cash generation versus points, and I just feel like there will be other cash generation options. So in answer to your question before, my team value is 10.6 million. What's yours? How is it 10.6? That's amazing. What's yours? 10.6. There you go. So the I've got pretty much all the good money-making options, right? I have three NPRs, but that's not hurting me because there are no good money-making options in those positions anyway. I must say, though, yeah, okay, I, I did have the Davey into James situation. Like, Yeah. So that, that, That's going to hold. But that that was... So I don't have Jane. I, mean, I, I don't have Fui Miono. But both, none, neither of those guys is going to make much money anyway. Sure. I don't have the, the reserve halfback that many people have got, but that position hasn't made money either. Yeah, I appreciate that. But like, you still have fewer open doors than other people as a result. Yeah, but as they come, I'm just going to fill yeah. them up, right? Like I said, there's a halfback coming. I'm going to fill one. That'll leave two. I'm sure there'll be a, a, another position that I can fill that comes up soon. So I don't think the number of NPRs necessarily matters as long as you keep jumping on the cheapies as they come up. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. You've got lucky with with the fact that you couldn't jump on these other guys. You missed out and, you know, they blew up in other people's faces, including mine. But there was a reason why I didn't jump on James and that's because he's a bench prop. Yeah, okay. Well, fine. Fine, fine, fine. Whereas Schuster's a different kettle of fish, right? Like if it wasn't the fact why? That- why is he a different kettle of fish? Sheridan could be back in two or three weeks, and then he and then he becomes a bench utility. At this rate, he played well enough last week that he could hold his spot over over Gajeski. He played maybe, he, he, but 
but he's not established. Gachevsky is. Maybe maybe Deswan's experience. He's only missed two tackles in his two 80-minute games total. In a team that's got defensive problems, he looked like their best attacking threat. Oh, yeah, I agree with you. He's definitely the better player. I'm just saying, like, he's not guaranteed the position. No, but even if he only gets three more weeks, like, that'll be enough to make a shitload of cash and, and playable in your 17. I think that's enough. But the only reason, now I'm arguing for him, the reason why I'm, I'm probably not going to get him is because he's that, that position is stacked right now and and I just don't want to miss out on the points that's coming through. Now, there's a whole extra element to add to this that I'm about to throw in, and that's, this is where you're going to think I'm crazy. Yeah, uh, uh, let me predict it. You don't have a Fogarty, which means you are going to have to trade out some kind of keeper to make the, to get your, the money to make this happen, right? Correct. What are you going to do? Well, there are a few options. So I've got Tino in my front row who is going okay but is not doing that well for his price. He's basically mm-hmm. scoring at, at his value. Yeah. So he's about 500k. So yeah. I've got to I've got to free up 150k in order to get to go from uh, Ben Hunt to Cody Walker via Jock Madden. Yep. So I could trade Tino to a 350k prop or, or less if I could find one. So that yep. could be that could even be Ryan James. Mm-hmm. I would have really liked Kamika Mika, but I yep. can't afford him by about 10k. I can't afford to do it. Yep. I feel like Kamikamika could score a try, but even even with Kamikamika, like he's got a couple of guys coming back into that team soon, so it's not a it's not that good. There's very little else at that price range. Ben Murdoch Masilla was another one, but he's again slightly out of my price range, so it would have to be almost like a Ryan James or a Lisa Armau. So I kind of scrape mm-hmm. and that'd be, I'd have to play them in my seventeen. So not a great option. Yeah. Yep. Um, so that's one option. Trade trade Giantino to one of those two guys. Um, don't mm-hmm. love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is talk that Mitch Barnett is injured, so he's got a calf complaint, and he's sort of fifty-fifty. They're sort of taking it day by day, and we won't know till Saturday. Yeah. So well, may not know till Sunday. May not know till Sunday, but they said Saturday. So we could trade him. He's about six hundred k. So we could trade him to a four hundred and fifty k guy in the back mm-hmm. in the back row or the front row. Even yep. at that price, there's no one really obvious that stands out to me. I also have yep. Cape Well, so theory, I could get in a back, maybe. Could get uh-huh. in like a. I could get in a Fergo for Barnett. Yep. Don't love that either, though. And if even if Barnett's out for a week, I'd probably prefer to keep him. Although because he's playing fairly late in the week, I'm going to have to play like a Simonson if he if he's out. Mm-hmm. Um, but probably prefer to keep Barnett. And again, that option, you know, Fergo doesn't appeal that much. Mm-hmm. So. Teddy. Yeah, okay. Teddy to Latrell. Teddy down to who? To Latrell. Okay. Teddy to Latrell. And then getting Cody Walker. And then bump to Cody Walker. Now. You said this week you didn't score well because you have a lot of Panthers and Roosters and they had hard games. So what happens when your your $1.2 million invested in Bunnies players have hard games? It well, just, that doesn't happen yeah. for four weeks. Sure. Yep. Okay. They've got to run for four weeks in a row, at which point I could... So Teddy's got a break-even of 132. Now, we all know that Teddy can hit that on any given week. And yep. the Warriors have defended well at times, but looked a bit shaky last week. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's hard to know what's going to happen with Teddy with with Kiri out. You think he's going to get the ball more at first receiver, but yep. whether the holes sort of appear for him, I'm not as sure. Yeah. The Warriors also have picked Marcelo Montoya in the centres, and I'm just worried about Teddy running straight through him. But anyway. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Teddy has a break even 132. Latrell's is around 60. There is an argument that if Latrell can sort of match or nearly match Teddy over the next month, then their prices will kind of converge. Sorry, just 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 to say it's 123, not 132 for Teddy. But yeah, go on. Oh, 123, okay. So you're, Teddy's got a reasonably high break even, not unhittable, but reasonably high. So so Latrell, let's just look at Latrell for a minute. He's averaging 84, but that includes a sin bin. Mm-hmm. Right, so he lost ten mm-hmm. points for the sin bin, and let's say he lost roughly ten points, uh, just because of the time he was off the field. Yep, yep. So he's average, actually averaging about ninety in yep. what we already said were three very tough games. What's yep. he going to average over four very easy games? Yeah, can he average hundred plus? If he averages a hundred, around about a hundred, or even even if he only you know maintains that average of ninety, that's sort of pretty close to what Teddy's going to average over that time, and and I get another keeper in Cody for my trouble. Right. But that's, lose... I guess, the thought process. But the, for me, the biggest thing is the captaincy, right? Like if you yes. lose this captaincy option of Teddy, and if Teddy goes like 150 in one of those games and Latrell doesn't, mm-hmm. that could be a bit of a season killer. Yep. Yeah. What do you think? I think it's a risk, and you're coming a thousandth, and you don't need to take such a massive risk at this point in the season. But. I definitely don't. If, if you're if you're coming ten thousand or twenty thousand, then I'd say do it. But to me, the the smart money would get Josh Schuster in. Smart yeah, I think you're right. Schuster. So actually, I had a look through the top ten teams, and yeah. pretty much all of them have the Teddy and Pappenhausen combo. Yeah, uh, a couple, a few of them have Teddy and Latrell. Quite a few of them actually already have Walker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Obviously, none of them are going to have Pappenhausen and Luttrell, except unless they mm-hmm. do the same trade that I'm doing. Funnily enough, I've been talking to some pretty, you know, experienced and astute super coaches this week, and you know, a lot of them have considered this same trade or something similar. Yeah, yeah, I, I've seen it thrown around the traps. Um... A lot of them are, are thinking about little. Um, they can make it. They can do Teddy to Luttrell and Little to Walker. Yep. Now, I guess the counter-argument to all this, I mean, we've already talked about it a little bit, but like before the season started, I was trying to focus on base, base, base. I mean, we've seen what happened mm-hmm. with Charlie Staines. You pick players without base and it's a big risk um, yep. and they can they can shoot the bed. And Luttrell yep. is obviously a very low base guy. So, you know, you, he could score 20 and, and Teddy could score 150. Yeah, he... I mean, look, Broncos and Bulldogs were rubbish last year as well. You know, I'm just looking now. Latrell played the Broncos twice last year for a 23 and a 63. He played the Dogs once for a score of 49. Uh, yeah, he's doing more this he year, looks, but he looks a bit of a different player. To be fair, this year, doesn't he? He does. He does. I just, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure he's necessarily flat trackably like some of these other players are. Um, I think if anything, maybe he steps up for some of the bigger games. So, yeah, look, I so, think that's fair too. 
like I've thought about that as well. And yeah, it's it's not it, as linear linear relationship as it is with some other players. Yeah, and that that's probably to do with involvement as well, right? Like, like Teddy mm-hmm. gets so involved that he's just going to find gaps in bad defenses, whereas, yep, you know, Latrell is only getting the ball kind of half a dozen times in a game. So, I mean, there is an argument. You know, I was saying, oh, he he averaged he's been averaging close to ninety or whatever it is, eighty four. And um, like, how good is he going to go against the the worst teams? But there is an argument mm-hmm. that he's basically gone as well as he can. Like, how many more tries can you get when you handle the ball ten times in a game? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. Exactly. So, look, it's it's, it's one of the big balls moves that we talk about. Um, I think you already made a big balls move uh, with the, that Ben Hunt trade. Um, yeah. I'm just worried about you running out of balls. <laughs> yeah, the Ben Hunt trade didn't really work, but I would have actually been better off just not trading last week. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was better than the trade I was going to make, so there you go. Yeah, I'm actually not sure. I've been thinking about this for the last two or three days and kind of playing it over in my head. And I know, like, my head is saying, just get Schuster. I could potentially upgrade, say, a Ricky to a David Fafita, strengthen my back row. But yeah, I just love this bunny's run. I just want to get on it. Okay. You can't get on it with AJ? Or are you just not interested? Well, AJ's even riskier than the trail, right? He got 13 last yeah, week. Yeah, he did. Could get someone like Gagai, but I don't think that Gagai kind of actually benefits as much. Like, the trail tends to go straight to the winger. What do you think about doing this week? Uh, I think I'm going to do lock on lamb to Schuster and sit on that. That's it. That's it. Save trade. Well, I, I don't have. I, I don't know what the other clear trade f- for me is, and I, I don't want to, you know, talk about my team too much. But um, I think next week I will have two clear trades, which will be Fogarty down to my pick of those halves, and then it'll probably be little up to either Monster or Walker. I mean, again, they've both got they've both got break evens in the seventies as well. So one of them could easily score 100 points and still be easily within reach for me next week. And yeah, yeah I miss out on 100 points, but, but you know, it's week four. I'm, I'm comfortable to sort of still be building my team rather than chasing a top 10 position at this point. It's fascinating stuff. Like, I think it's this classic points versus cash debate. I'm almost always on the side of points. Uh, I know you're probably more often than not on the side of cash. I just, I, 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 like, like, it doesn't make logical sense to be on the on the point side of the debate, and the wheels don't fall off eventually. Well, look, put it this way: yes, if it works, you win the whole thing. I guess that's 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 the whole point. But it's just, it's totally it's so much more out of your hands. Like you can't you can't build a reliable team. Now, okay, you got ten point six mil. I think that's you've done really really well with that. Um, but that's got to slow down. That's with fewer players. That's got to slow down. And you're using up all your trades. I've already saved one this year. I'm going to save another one this week. Surely the opportunities come for me, unless I'm just, I just keep making stupid decisions like I have so far. Or well, not not stupid decisions, but unlucky decisions. The other thing that I haven't mentioned, and as you said, I don't want to talk about my team constantly, but the the Cody and Latrell trades actually give me like 160k left over and i think that's going to be very useful to up, to upgrade tessie next week because tessie's going to need some upgrading next week 
Whereas if I did something like Schuster and then maybe upgraded to Fafita, um, upgraded Ricky to Fafita, I'd have no real kind of method to upgrade Tessie. I don't know who I would trade down hmm. to trade up Tessie. So he's going to stay in my team for a while, which I don't love. Yeah. Unless yeah. I get someone cheaper, about- but I can't see, like who's cheaper than 600K at the moment that someone you'd really want to get. Yeah, exactly. Oh, here's the question I was really thinking about asking you today. Yeah. Would you ever trade up? And I don't mean like, you know, $10,000 difference or something, like at least sort of 100K. Would you ever trade up to a player that you didn't think had the potential to be a keeper? So okay, I'll give you an example. Cost? How much does that play cost? Okay, so so let me let, let me let me give you an example here. So let's say I so I said I've got a spare trade, right? So let's say I, I trade out Tessie this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I have money left over from my lamb down to uh, Schuster trade. Yeah. So I've got about hundred k to spend. So so with Tessie's money, I've got about four hundred k to spend. So. I mean, you wouldn't trade out Tessie this week, would you? With a pretty serious need to break even. No, I don't think so. Or, or, or let's let's say Fui Mono, as you know, he's about the same price. My only my my only issue with trading out Fui Mono is he would come into my team if Barnett doesn't play. Um, whereas whereas if I trade him out, then I've got nobody. Um, but yeah, so going going back to it, so finding a four hundred thousand uh, dollar center, for example, who I would think has a good game this week. You know, let's say a Blake Ferguson or something like that. He's a he's a little bit out of my budget, but that kind of player. Would you ever do that? Yeah. So would... use use that guy as a stepping stone because I I can't really recall having having done that almost ever. So you what you say? I mean, it depends, right? So it's going to be hard to go from a Fui Mono who's still like what two hundred seventy k or something. Yeah. To to like a six hundred k keeper. Like you're going to need a shitload of cash to make that jump in one go. So ideally, no, that's fine. That's fine. But usually, you, there might be some guy who is 400k who you're like, well, this guy, you know, this guy's missed a game or something like that. He's got potential. Oh, I you feel see, like, like he could be yeah. Well, I don't think that's that's kind of what I'm saying. I don't think there's many guys now, after that, I, at least guys that I don't have anyway, that are in that sort of 350 to even 550 range. That you would think of maybe keepers. I can't think of one. Like I actually don't mind Blake Ferguson. He's I think he could almost be a keeper, but he's probably just mm-hmm. a bit below that keeper level. But yeah, I can't really think of another one in that price range right now that I think might be a keeper. Barnett last week, but he's obviously way more expensive now. Yeah, I think uh, I think if you could keep. If you could keep the five eighth spot, someone like Peachy would be an interesting option um, in the centers as a potential keeper. But yeah, I look. I, I don't think that there is anyone, uh, which means I, th- I think I have to hold my trade anyway. But um, yeah, but I was just thinking about it. Like it's a, it's just such a such an odd occurrence to to be in that position where you buy someone who's you know. He'll get you that from four hundred thousand dollars to six hundred thousand dollars or something like that. Yeah, that's true. So I mean, when you look at the the most traded in list, it's basically the conversation we've just had, right? 
Um, mm. So Schuster's the, the number one trade in. It's only Tuesday night, but right now Schuster's by far the most um, traded in. There's been 13,500 super coaches that have traded, traded him in already. Uh, the next one's for feeder. I have to say he's one guy that I really would love in my team. He's just crushing it. Um, now, he has played the two worst defenses in a row in the last two weeks. But his, his base plus power is now... He's kind of pumping out 60 points a week in just base plus power, which means he's going to score pretty well week in, week out to me. I, I agree with that, but he's also not going to score a try game. So No, I he's think... not. And that's that's why I don't actually love him as a trade-in this week. I think, I mean, he's going to get more expensive, but maybe in a few weeks' time he gets cheaper. I feel like he's sort of missed a boat a little bit on him now, but mm-hmm. look, I can still see people wanting to get him for that reason. He's got... A lot of upside, even still. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah, and then down the list, there's there's actually not that much that's that, that interesting. People are getting in Sam Walker mm-hmm. already. People are getting Cleary back. Um, Kurt Capewell's there. Cody Nikarima. I mean, he's an interesting option. You yeah. talked about him briefly. I don't think he's going to play a tiring Raiders team every week. No. But, but in saying that, look... Credit to Nathan Brown. The Warriors are playing very well. Yeah, I mean, they played pretty badly in that first half. Yeah. Only to come back. I just, I just, we're out on their feet. Yeah, but the makeup of the team is just, I don't know, it, it seems much stronger. You know, Adam Pompey killing it, killing it on the left, at left center. I don't mind Adam Pompey. Adam Fanua Blake looks, looks really good this year. He, mm. he looks dangerous. He looks like he could score a try in any given game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, the forward pack is pretty good. Mm. Tohu Harris. We don't talk about him very much, but he just continues to pump out good scores. Yeah, he does. He's, he's um, really good. So he he's is... Really good. I mean, yeah. Yeah, he's averaging 80. Yeah. Look, uh, I mean, uh, I think you and I both traded Barnett last week, and he was sort of the... The flavor of the moment. I think he was also the right trade, but he is a lot. He he does rely on a lot more attacking stats than Tohu does. Tohu just pumps out those base stats. Yeah, it's true. But I'm actually pretty happy with the Barnett trade, even though it looks like he might have lost the kicking. I mean, we'll see if he plays this week or not. But um, oh yeah, that that doesn't stress me at all. Kicking's not not relevant. No, the kicking's not that big a deal. Um, but he, I mean, he just looks like he could find the line a lot. He runs a good line. He does. He um, does, and he and he, great like, and he hits, yeah, yeah. He hits, he hits the one hand, and then he turns to offload with the other on almost every hit up. So yeah, yeah that's, that's what you want. So he's a points making machine, super coach point scoring machine. I'm very happy with that trade. And you know, Pong is going to come back, and potentially they'll be even more dangerous over there. Hmm. Um. Anyway, yep. so, so that's all I really want to talk about this week. We should talk about captaincy options. I think that's actually one of the most interesting discussions of the week. There are so many good options this week. There are a lot of good options this week. So let's talk about the top ones. So I th- I think uh, the top options are Cleary, obviously against Manly, and uh, Luai, if, you, if like you, you have him. Obviously, Luttrell and Walker against the, the Dogs, Munster and Pappenhausen against the Broncos, and then potentially Teddy against the Warriors. I, I'd say they're, they're the top five or six options. What do you think? 
Yeah, absolutely. Look, I still think Teddy is the clear best option. Um, okay. He, just in terms of, of risk versus reward, right? Like, mm-hmm. he they he played in a team that got absolutely hammered last week, and he still scored 74. Yep. How many other of those guys could you say that that would happen? To? Uh, definitely not the two Souths guys. Um, probably not Munster or Pappenhausen. I think Cleary's a lot more consistent. But Cleary's not, not nearly as likely to score 150. That's true. That's true. Um, but I think he's a lot more reliable to score 90 this week. Than Teddy. Yeah, I think so. I think so. That's interesting. So you really rate the Warriors pack? I do. So I definitely rate them a lot more than Manly. So, okay, let, let me talk through a couple of things. First of all, I will likely be captain in Cleary. And it's not... So I, I think he's the safer option this week. But I probably would have VC'd him if I had a loop option. I don't have a loop option because my only MPR is Ben Trevojevic, who's playing in that first game anyway. So I don't have a shot at a vice-captain loop as it stands. So the next thing is that Manly are giving up more points than any, any other team this year. They've actually given up almost twice as many points as the Warriors have. Cleary's had two weeks to basically study their game because he was out last week and get ready for it. I feel like he'll be sort of wanting to contribute a lot more because he missed the last game. Um, he's going to have Stephen Crichton coming from the back, who, I, who is obviously very dangerous, he's, and he's going to have Burton on the field as well. I think the team, the team structure becomes a little bit more of an attacking team as it stands. They've conceded the fewest points of any team. You know, if Cleary's going to have a massive game, this is the week, and he can also score 150 points. I think, it, yes, he's not as likely as Teddy, but if it is going to happen, I think this is the week that it's going to happen. Teddy, on the on the other hand, just got beaten by the Rabbitohs, just lost both his starting halves. He's going to be playing with Drew Hutchison, who's not much good, and a rookie. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, he was saying how he was sort of less involved with running the team and just would sort of show up, you know, would pick his moments a little bit more. And that has been great for him. And now he's not going to be able to do that because he's just, he's going to have to take some responsibility uh, in this team in those halves. I think it's going to actually slow him down. It's not going to give him more chances to score. It's just going to give him more chances to get involved, but fewer chances to maybe be as dynamic as he, as he has been at the start of this season. Um, Warriors are coming off a really good upset. Um, they've got wind behind their sails. I just, yeah, I'm just really, really feeling that the Cleary is the pick of the two this week. My Actually, my only concern with Cleary is that Thursday night games, I don't think have been high-scoring games. And they don't... They, they are not usually high-scoring games. So that's my only reservation with Cleary. But I think if I stack up all the chips for each player, I think Cleary is a better option. Yeah, that's fair. The only the only problem I have with Cleary is that a lot of their attack is going down the left. And one, one thing we haven't talked about is that you mentioned Crichton being fullback. Burton comes in at, I assume, left centre. Yes. Which could be great for our boy Brian Doll. Because Crichton yes. has been absolutely killing him so far this season. There's been about three or yeah, four situations Cr- where Cr- he's Cr- had overlaps. Pass. 
yeah. and he and he's passed like into the stands or yeah whatever. Toto is also himself bombed a couple of tries. His Toto's yeah. base is so good that if he scores a double, he scores one hundred and twenty. Mm-hmm. And and that's possible. Um, I mean, you wouldn't want to necessarily bet on on that, but a vice captain option on, on Brian Toto could could be good. I, I probably well, I actually tried that last week, but obviously didn't work. Didn't work. Uh, maybe this is the week. I might yeah. I might try with Luai, but I think you're right. Thursday night games often don't don't work that well. So yeah, look, I don't mind yeah. Cleary, but I just something tells me that it's the left that's gonna that's gonna go well this week. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. so we talked a bit about Cody Walker and Latrell. So I could do a, if I do the trade of I was talking about, I might do something like mm-hmm. a VC Cody Walker Captain Papphausen. So you have the MPRs to make that happen. Yeah, got Jock Jock Madden still sitting there. Ah yes, ah uh, but no 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 you can't use Jock Madden. Why not? Because to use Jock Madden, you've oh got to yeah, clearly we've already right? played. Clearly we've already played. Okay. Well, luckily I've got three NPRs. <laughs> well, you can't use Trevojevic. So yeah, who's but your I can other use one? Caleb Milne. Hey, <laughs> Caleb Milne to the rescue. You know, I actually picked him based on the fact that the Sharks play like almost all Sunday games. Yeah, yeah. So he might come yeah, in. No, he was good choice. Yep. Um, so he could come in. Yeah, for I have to get him in. Oh yeah, Barnett's there as well, so that's fine. Yeah, so so like, look, Cody Walker, vice captain, Pappenhausen captain, or or Latrell vice captain, maybe, or or, or Luai vice captain, Latrell captain. You'd have to have pretty big balls to be captain Latrell, but maybe you would. Mm. Yeah, something like they're all good options. Like picking the best option out of those is really hard. But I still think if you've got Teddy, to me, he's still the number one option. And and the fact that he's going to get more involved without. Kiri there means that his base is going to be higher, so his floor is going to be up in like the sixties. Like no attacking mm. stats, and he's probably going to score sixty in just runs and tackle busts. Yep. So there's almost no risk there if you like if you be happy with a floor of like sixty, sixty-five, and still that huge mm. ceiling. Mm. Yep. Um, hey, who would you be playing this week out of Tessie New and Staines? Uh. I would be. Mm. It's tough, isn't it? So I am playing Tessie because for me, because I sold stands last week. So for me, the decision is Tessie or Simonson or Saab, right? I definitely play Tessie out of those three. Exactly. Stains against Manly. Um, Stains against Manly. I'd probably play Stains, to be honest. Uh, He's. You know how well, much he got that at a TALBA last week, right? Oh, I didn't think that. I thought, that, I thought that was all Capewell, to be honest. Um, yeah. I think if he was a half, he would have got it. The, the center roulette has killed me so many seasons. As in, <laughs> like, and I feel like you get on this cycle where you pick a guy and he goes badly, so you don't pick him the next week, and the next week he goes well, and then you pick the other guy that went well last week and he goes badly this week and you just keep doing it and you lose so many points that way that can be uh, like, I agree it, that. it can be a season killer like yeah. i can see myself playing stains this week and him scoring 10 again after i played him the first two weeks and he scored 10 the first two weeks 
and then not Look, playing Tessie because it looks like on paper he's got a hard game and Tessie going 80 again and Tessie scored 80 last week and I didn't play him. Like that, that's the difference between, you know, coming 1,000th and coming 50th. Just getting those center wings that you have in your team and playing the right one. Yes, uh, yes, I totally agree with you. But I think Tessie, a, a best case scenario for Tessie in a game like this is for him to score a try. I think the best case scenario for Charlie Staines in a game like this, as we've seen it before, is he can score four tries. Yeah, think... but if Tessie scores one try, he scores like probably 70 or 60 at least. Yeah. Yep. If Staines can score a double and score about the same, right? Like, so, you know, Tessie's floor is probably 30. I think his floor is 30 and he's, you know, let's say his best case scenario is one try. So that takes you to about maybe 65, 70. Mm-hmm. Whereas Stain's floor is 10. Mm-hmm. And, you know, realistically, is he going to score more than a double? Like, it's you're banking on him to score a triple. That's pretty unlikely. So, it's yeah, okay, between, okay. Between 10 and 70. Yeah, okay. So, so I guess I guess that that's that's the question you're asking yourself. What's more likely, Tessie to score one try or Stain's to score two tries? Well, I think the I most think likely scenario is probably yeah. Tessie to score no tries and Stain's probably has a 50-50 chance of scoring a try. So you've got Tessie with a 35. If that's, if that's the most likely scenario, then play Tessie. But, exactly. You know, well, that's kind of where I'm leaning. So Tessie's going to score 35 yeah. to 40, and Staines is going to score 10 or 50 with even probability. Look, I mean, you're, you're, you're trading in you know, the Walkers and the Latrells because they have the chance to go 150. Um, Latrell can also have a quiet game. Staines is just like a mini Latrell. He can have these 10 or 15 point games. We know he can score 150 points. I, I, I don't see how the logic doesn't apply to him. I guess so. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know if we've solved anyone's problems this week. We might have just created no. some new ones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We just walked into a labyrinth of our own making. <laughs> Hey, you know what I was going to ask you, and now it's over, but I was really looking forward to kind of opening up with this. I was going to ask you if the search was over. What search? The search. Searching for Corey Parker. What do you mean? Well. Have we found him? You think well, that's Mitch the thing. Barnett I was thinking Mitch Barnett, the goal-kicking back rower. Yeah? Um, but then it looks like he might have lost the kicking, so the, the search remains. I, th- I think it does. I think it does. Also, also he's an edge backer. Or I, yeah, I, don't think I mean that's true. Same. That's true. Hey, um, we should call out the uh, the searching Corey unlimited group. Um, mm-hmm. so the leader this week is Chris with the team Hot Dots Eels. Uh, yeah. and Chris is currently in one hundred and eighty first spot, so that's pretty good. Uh, with total points good. of three eight two eight. Uh, so he's about a hundred points ahead of me. I'm in fourth spot, and you're down in you're down in thirteenth. Yeah. So it's pretty close between. There's a lot of people kind of jammed between you and me. Yeah, yeah. Chris, Chris has done well off uh, of having Dave Fafita in his team, so that's that's worked out quite well for him. I'd be interested if um, I'd I'd be interested to see if. People start getting off the David Fafita train once once he starts making a fair bit of money. Um, 
He's up at, uh, what, $626,000 at the moment. I feel like if he peaks around the sort of 650, 660 mark, uh, yeah, I don't know. The, 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 whole, the whole selling selling a potential overpriced keeper, which I guess is your Teddy argument, it's really sort of, it's, it's a next level move, isn't it? It's, it's only like you would, I don't think you'd sell David Fafita if he got to 660. And to me, that seems ridiculous, particularly when he looks a bit more consistent this year and their draw looks like it's good, at least all the way up to Origin. Mm. Maybe around Origin, you can, could consider selling him because I think you will play Origin. No, the, the, the selling a keeper like that, I mean, you could argue that it, you should never do it, but I think it only works when you can split them into two. So when you get a guy that's like, you know, up 850 plus and you can split them into two, basically two keepers, which is what I'm doing with Latrell and Walker. That makes sense, but not one for one. Not one for one. Yep. No way. Not unless you think they're ridiculously overpriced for some reason and there's some guy going on a big run and there's some great reason to pick up someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well... Good to chat as always. It's been uh, it's been mm-hmm. a pleasure having you back on. Absolutely, and uh, yeah, I can't wait to see what week four brings. What surprises week four brings? What if I have another uh, single digit scorer? <laughs> well, I think next time we talk. Well, I'm, I'm not sure if we're going to talk next week, but um, whoever I talk to next week, I'm either going to be very happy or very disillusioned based on mm. this very risky trade strategy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we'll see. Ah, uh, look, I wish you the best. Thanks, man. <laughs> All right. See ya. All right. See ya.